This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Preston, episode 114, Common Women's Beliefs. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for goal-getting, fear-facing women who are kicking ass by creating change. I'm your host, Lindsay Preston. I'm a wife, mom of two, and a multi-certified life coach to women all over the world. I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire, we must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me as I challenge you to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you are meant to be. Let's do this. Unstoppable. Welcome to another episode of the show. As always, so grateful to be in your listening ears. It's always a privilege. Now, I must give a quick shout out to those who are leaving a review for the show. Just in case you don't know this, when we hit 100 episodes of the podcast, we created a podcast book. This podcast book took all the transcripts from all those hundreds and hundreds of hours of episodes, and my admin, Rachel, went through each episode and created a one-page summary of that episode so that you can quickly just see the basic step-by-steps from each episode and implement that content in your life so that you can get better results and bigger results and more results in your life. I must admit, this book has helped me out even in my own life so much. Like, you know, when I'm feeling something, I'll go and I'll flip to that page of like, okay, how do I deal with disappointment again? Oh yeah, step one, step two, step three. Because many times when we're in our emotional brain, our logic kind of goes out the window. And so that book can help you get back to the logical steps of how to get through something, like I said, disappointment. Or if you're making a change in your career, there's an episode on that. Or if you're trying to solve any problem, you can go to that episode and look at that content. So the book is awesome. You get it for free after you leave a review for the show. So all you have to do is go on your podcast player, leave a review there, or you can go on my Facebook page and leave a review on my Facebook page. Just search for Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, and then Preston, P-R-E-S-T-O-N, over on Facebook. Find me, leave a review, take a picture of it, and then submit it to lindsayepreston.com forward slash 100. There's always a link in the show notes if you just want to go there. And then from there, you'll get a digital copy of the book that you can download and you can go get printed on your own. If you're a current client, you get the book printed, sent to you for free. So very cool, right? So I'm so happy that y'all are taking advantage of that. And if you haven't taken advantage yet, go do it. That book is truly a study guide for life, my friend. And all you have to do is leave a review for the show. It cost us a lot of money to make that book. And some people were like, I can't believe you're giving that book away for free. But I want you to have it. I want you to create great results in your life. And I also want to give a shout out. Every week or so, I get an email from a company called Chartable. And it tells me what charts I'm on all around the world. And recently, the podcast was on the charts at number 96 in Poland. How cool is that? It's so fun to see 
different people around the world that are listening to the show. So shout out to everybody in Poland that's listening. So happy to have you here. All right, let's talk about this week's topic. We're going to talk about common women's beliefs, I believe, right? Is that what we're calling it? I went back and forth. Is it patterns, beliefs? Ooh, let's see. What are we calling this? Beliefs, right? Okay, so this is actually an exercise that I do with my clients in week four of the current coaching process is we sit down and we look at what are some beliefs they may have as women. And I present them with a page of common women's beliefs. I say, these are the things that women commonly struggle with. And you tell me which ones resonate to you. And a lot of clients tell me just seeing that slide on that one video, that one training and that one week of coaching where we coached for many, many months was life changing. And so today I'm going to share that with you of what these common women's beliefs are and these common patterns are, because remember, our behaviors, our actions, and our results come from our thoughts. So if we are believing certain things about the world, then we are going to create those things in the world. And so this is why as women, we tend to struggle collectively with similar issues because we have similar belief systems that are causing these patterns for us. All right. So a lot of what I'm taking today goes back to a book that I've referenced often on the show. And I actually had a whole podcast episode about it called Patriarchy Stress Disorder. And I interviewed the author, Dr. Valerie Rain. I'm going to link it in the show notes in case you missed that episode, because it's a great supplement to this one. And her book is a great supplement to what I'm talking about today because she really details in even more about how the patriarchy has impacted us as women to have these certain beliefs and these certain patterns. Okay. So I'm not going to get into all the patriarchy stuff today, but it is very interesting. Instead, again, we're just going to focus on the things that are happening with women. All right. So I'm going to talk about each one of these beliefs and patterns in depth, but we're going to cover a good amount. All right. Now, before we get into all of that, I talked about how the patriarchy impacts us. I talked about how our thoughts create our results, right? But there's one other thing I want to talk about here. So not only do we tend to have similar belief systems as women, just because, you know, society tends to teach us common beliefs that we need to have as women, But we also have something called epigenetics at play. So in case you're new around here and you don't know what epigenetics are, epigenetics is the research that has been done that shows not only do we pass on DNA to our children of like how we look and things of that sort and how we behave in some ways, but also trauma. We pass that in our genes. And so for many thousands of years, women have been oppressed. And in that oppression, women have experienced trauma, right? If we're just looking at today's trauma that many women experience, there's sexual trauma. It's all coming forth now with this Me Too moment. I think it's something like one in four or one in five women have experienced some sort of sexual trauma. So a lot, right? And so with that, then 
if we are not dealing with that trauma and healing it in our own body, we are likely passing that on to our children, right? So not only are we looking at our own lives of like, where did this come from of these beliefs and these patterns? Where could this have come from in my life? We're having to look at our moms and our grandmas and so on and so forth of what has happened. Now, I'm not going to get into all the epigenetic research here. You can go look that up if you're like, man, that sounds like a load of shit. Because my husband, a couple of weeks ago, I brought up epigenetics and he's like, I don't know about the epigenetic stuff, Lindsay. I'm like, dude, go look it up. All right. If you haven't explored any of that, it's fascinating stuff. Right. But again, let's focus in on women's beliefs. Okay. So for a lot of women, they are past the beliefs of things like be seen and not heard. And this is a common one beyond women. It's for a lot of children, right? Especially if we had parents in the boomer generation and beyond and before that, that was a big thing that children are seen and they're not heard, which it serves a purpose at some points. But then as we get adults, we carry this belief on. And so we aren't speaking our truth. We're not standing up for ourselves. We're just kind of numbing out in our lives. And it's happening a lot with women. Another thing with women is like, okay, we want you to be sexy and we want you to be attractive, but you can't be too attractive. And so many times as women, we're trying to figure out what is the delicate balance here of being pretty and sexy, but not too pretty and sexy. And it's a very, very tricky balance because everybody has their own opinions on it, right? For some people, it'd be like, okay, you can show a little bit of cleavage and a little bit of leg. For other people, they're like, whoa, that's way too much for me, right? And for other people, they'd be like, you can walk around naked. I'm totally cool with that. (laughs) And so it's really hard. We're always kind of walking on eggshells, it seems like, as women of, you know, can we do this? Is this appropriate? Is this going to trigger anybody. You know, I even see this with my daughter's school. She goes to a Christian school, which I know for some of you may be shocking because I'm not super Christian, but it just happens that she goes to the school and they have some of this stuff with women. They're like, girls, you can't wear athletic pants to school. Now she wears a uniform most days, but when they have free dress day, they're not allowed to wear like yoga pants unless they have shorts over it. And the shorts even then have to be fingertip length. And I remember this as a kid growing up too. I had very, very strict dress code that was placed on me, and I was in public school, where the boys, yeah, they had their dress code, but it it's like they could, you know, easily find clothes that would be appropriate. For us as girls, just shorts alone was hard to find something that was in dress code at school. And so, you know, when we're what we're saying there indirectly when we are putting girls under these strict dress codes is... Girls, it's your responsibility to not be too sexy or attractive around boys and other people because how they react to your body and your looks is your responsibility. And you best believe I've told my daughter, I'm like, listen, we'll play the rules of this game at school and stuff, but it is not your responsibility for however a boy reacts to you. Yes, do you want to present yourself in a professional way and that, you know, how you feel is representative of you. Absolutely. Um, but also is like, you know, you can play with this. And, and if you want to do certain things in your life and wear certain things in your life, 
you know, it's not, again, your responsibility of however people take that. And I think as women, we just put all of this on our plate of how it's our job to take on everybody else's BS of whatever they think about us. And looks is one example of that. Another one is, you know, be outspoken or be loud or be confident, but don't be too confident. Don't be too visible. And so again, it's like, where do we meet this middle ground? And the research has shown that, you know, men, they speak up for themselves and they're looked at as confident and direct and bold and it's attractive. Women, they speak up, it's looked at as bitchy and over the top and not ladylike. And so again, as women, we're walking this really delicate balance of where do we fall here, right? And because the perception of women has changed so much, especially in the past hundred years and even just the past 50 years, you know, there are so many different places that many people's brains are at with women. You know, you talk to people who have done a lot of work around feminism and a woman's role and they'd be like, yeah, girl, you speak up and they do not, um, feel intimidated by women who really speak their mind. But then you go and you talk to other people who haven't done work to change their beliefs on women because, you know, they were passed down again, these beliefs and this epigenetics that women have these certain roles and do these certain things and they haven't gone in to consciously change that. And so, you know, many times people would even say like, oh, they're living in this 1950s mentality. And it's it's tricky because it's like, Depending on the culture and where you're at and who you're around, some women are viewed as like, oh, that's great. And it's awesome. They're confident and they're sticking up and they're standing up and doing all the things. And then other environments, it's like not appropriate and it's too much and it's not ladylike, right? And so I feel like a lot of times as women, we're having to really read the room a lot and we're having to look around and say, okay, how much can I be myself in essence? Can they take the full power of me? Am I going to be too much for this room? And so we learn to be chameleon-like and people-pleasing and know of we have to walk on this tightrope in essence of, you know, playing the game of life and what a woman's place is while just kind of walking outside the boundary a little bit, like stepping off that tightrope from time to time and getting a little, you know, fancy with it or push the boundary a little bit. And, you know, for the most part, men don't have this. Men have where the doors are open for them. Men can be anything and everything they want to be. Now, granted, of course, they're going to have some of this too, especially if they're a man of color. But for the most part, it's like men just get to be whatever they want to be. And women are still kind of, you know, figuring it all out and having to blast through a lot of barriers to get to this place, right? Um, You know, the other thing I want to touch on here for looking at epigenetics again of how women have been oppressed for many, many centuries is, you know, for many women at certain points in history, if you were too powerful and if you spoke your truth too much, you know, you were burned at the stake or you were beheaded, or God forbid, nobody wanted to marry you. I mean, this is something that still goes on today, even the 50s and 60s. My God, you can't be that, you can't be that outspoken, little Susie. No one's going to want to marry you. 
you have to be weak and passive and all the things. You know, I feel like I still experience this a lot in my own life is, you know, being myself and um, really being this empowered, I guess, kind of feministy woman of like equality. Yes, yes, yes. But then in my marriage of, okay, how do I balance that? How do I allow him to lead in certain ways and us to be a partnership without me taking on this kind of badass bitch mentality and really kind of blending those two together. It's tricky. And I feel like my husband, he just shows up and he's just my husband. And I'm having to like figure out all this mindset stuff of all these beliefs that have been going on in my head to cause these certain problems in my life of, you know, being too much or not enough. And who am I authentically and who who's going to be able to understand me and take in the room around me. Right. So this is just the top of the iceberg of what women experience. I want to go deeper with this and I want to give you even more common behaviors due to women's patterns. Now, I'm going to really touch on these behaviors because there may be a variety of different beliefs that have led you to this behavior and your job eventually here in a bit after we talk through all of these patterns is to find what your beliefs are that have led you to this pattern. But again, I want to start with more of the patterns so that you can see very clearly and easily, do I do this or do I not do this? Because seeing our actions is so much easier than digging deeper and looking in our mind of what are these beliefs that are going on here? Okay, it's just easier. It is. All right, so here's the first common women's pattern. Not being in touch with your desires. So I encounter this a lot with clients. They do, they come to me, especially if they have been extremely successful in a corporate career, because in essence, they have taken on many aspects of being a man or traditionally in a masculine energy, right? Because that's how the corporate world tends to be. And they're like, Lindsay, I don't even know what I desire anymore. I'm like, okay, let's add that one to the list of something that we have to work through. Because as women or anybody, really, you want to be in touch with those things. You want to know what you're desiring because otherwise you're like a numbed out zombie version of yourself. And that is likely what's leading you to listen to a podcast like this one, or maybe eventually do coaching with me. Is there something inside of you that's like, oh, I want more. I want more fulfillment. I want more peace and happiness and all those things. And it goes back to you're not in touch with your desires and yourself, right? So ask yourself, am I in touch with my desires? Yes or no? The other thing, another woman's pattern is burnout and overworking. So for a lot of women, we have a lot on our plates and we do a lot. It's so funny because I just got off a call with a client and we were working through a pattern that she has in her life. And she's like, oh, Lindsay, I just feel like I'm back in this pattern of being this badass bitch kind of persona again. And I'm so mad at everybody and I'm overworking and I'm burnt out. And as we dug deeper, I was like, okay, what's the belief there for her? It was everything's on my plate. And when we unearthed that, I was like, this one belief of that everything is on your plate is causing you to overwork. Now, that was her belief. You may have something different. I know for me, when I get into a pattern of burnout and overworking, it's I'm not doing enough. Okay. 
And so that's what leads me to this overworking thing. And it goes back to, for a lot of women, imposter syndrome. And that's a great episode to listen to of the show. If you haven't listened to it, I'll link it in the show notes. But imposter syndrome happens to many women. They don't think they're as good as maybe some of the roles that they've been given. You know, I get in this, as I said, of, who maybe I'm not as good of a coach as I think I am. Even though logically on paper, it's like, okay, my clients have gotten really good results. They're really happy. I'll just start to spin in that sometimes. And I have to really watch myself with that. Okay. So again, if you're overworking or you're feeling burnt out or you have patterns where you get like that, that's a women's pattern to add to your list of beliefs that we need to find here in a bit. Another women's pattern is feeling scared of your power. So again, this is something I so relate to. Anytime I have an up level, it feels like someone is choking me and I will get coached on it with a coach. And I'll just say, I just, I'm so excited and I'm so glad that I've had this up level, but I'm also feeling really scared of the amount of power that I have. And it just feels so foreign. Like my husband doesn't go through this stuff. I don't know of any other man. They like have these up levels and then they're just golden. They're like, yeah, look at me. This is awesome. And I feel like for me, it goes back to epigenetic stuff of like, why would I feel like I'm being choked every time I step into my power more and just get really, really scared of it? It just doesn't make sense. But this is a common thing for women, right? Another woman's pattern is obsessing or putting down your physical appearance. So, so many different beliefs can lead to this pattern because society feeds us this shit all day long. Wrinkle creams, fat creams, Botox, hair products, and I'm not above it. I dye my hair. I get a little Botox here and there. I need my skin products, but I also have gotten to a place where I don't beat myself up on the way I look. I like stop it in its tracks. But back in the day, before I knew this mindset stuff and knew this was a woman's pattern that could change, I thought it was normal to sit around and beat myself up about how I looked because everybody else around me was doing it. That's how we bonded as women, it seems like, of like, oh my God, look at my butt. Oh yeah, well, your butt looks great. Look at this. Look at that. Look at this. And if you're in a place where you're putting yourself down there, there is some work for you to do with women's beliefs, my friend. Okay, that, is, that does not have to be a normal behavior for you. You can live beyond that. And you know, it's so funny because a lot of my clients, as I work with them, they will find that they just don't relate to some of their friends as much anymore because their friends are still just stuck in beating themselves up and beating other people up and gossiping. And, you know, my clients are like, I just, I'm not there anymore. Like I've done the work to not be there anymore. And I... So want them to get coaching, but they're not open to it or whatever the reason. And so they just find themselves like wanting to evolve past that. And for a lot of women, they just don't see past that. But just know there is a beautiful life on the other side of you beating yourself up, especially with your appearance. And it is so nice on this side, my friend. Um, Another women pattern is worrying what others think of you. So this is a big one. So you're sitting around thinking, what does so-and-so think of me? Or what does this person think of me? You're in this boat of worrying what other people think about you. You know, it's so funny because I used to do this big time. So here's what I would do. I would post something on social or I would write an email and I would check it. And maybe I would like double check it again. This is like before I knew 
how to really speak from my authentic truth and all that. I would just write these things. And if I was writing an email, I would write it and then I would read back the email as if I were that person. And I would think, how is this person going to interpret it? And then I'd be like, okay, maybe I need to edit this or need to edit this or need to edit this. And most times it was just like an email of just like shooting the shit kind of stuff. Like I would email my cousin, I remember. And I would think sometimes of like, how is my cousin going to interpret this? And then I would change things on that because I was really worried about how she thought about me. If I was posting a social post, I would, you know, think about a couple people that who would interpret it a certain way. And then I'd post it and then I would still think about even more people. Well, how is so-and-so going to interpret this and this person and this person and this person? And there were times when I would then go and like delete a post because I think, oh, oh, I forgot about so-and-so and and they're going to really like, oh, judge me for this and this and this. And I'd sit there and worry about it. How silly, right? You know, I tell my clients, we, we do a tool called the model where we're looking at how our thoughts create our feelings and all that. And sometimes they'll be like, oh, I'm just so worried what my so-and-so friend is thinking about me. I just coach a client on this. So that's on top of mind. And I'm like, get out of her model. Get out. Those are her thoughts. You cannot control her thoughts. Okay. Just worry about you. Don't even worry. Just think about you and think about what are my thoughts to drive my actions. And that's all you need to worry about. Their interpretation of you is their work to do, not yours. Now, do we want to be sensitive? Absolutely. You know, I've learned this a lot as I'm working with my anti-racism coach is that, you know, before I do certain posts that may be triggering to certain audiences, I do look at the lens of, okay, what are black women, generally speaking, going to interpret this as and what are Asian women and all that and making sure I'm at least just looking at their lens of the world so that I can be more inclusive. But then I'm still checking in and this is work I've done with my anti-racism coach again of, is this authentic to me still? If it is, yeah, go ahead. And I might piss people off. But as long as it's authentic to me and I've at least just considered the lens of of different women outside of being a white woman, then I'm good. And everything else, I just need to let go of and not worry about it, right? So again, worrying what others think of you, it's a big one for a lot of women. Another woman's pattern is not shining or showing your full talents. In essence, you're shrinking. So you just aren't showing up as your full self in life. And this can be a hard one, right? Like I feel like at work, I show up more in my full authentic self. And as a parent, I do in my marriage, like I'm still working on a little bit. And in just my normal everyday living, especially with COVID, like I don't feel like I really do that in just like my day-to-day life. And I think part of that is just I haven't been around a lot of people. So I haven't been able to work on it. But I definitely have been shrinking and shining for many years. You know, I did a post recently on social media that said, I didn't tell people in my personal life that I was a life coach for a long time. I just played it off as I was a stay-at-home mom because I just didn't really want to go there. And I talked about some beliefs that I had that made me make that choice. But really, at the end of the day, it was like, I just didn't want to show my full talents. I feel like sometimes my brain says, Lindsay, you're just too much for people. And you need to really shrink yourself because you're just going to be like too much for the room. Um, You know, I I do this, I find with men. It's like, oh, I don't want to be too much for the men. Or I tell my husband sometimes of like, I feel like I'm going to outgrow you. I'm just going to be too much for you. And this is just a common thing that I'm continuously working through. And even with women, it's like women who haven't done mindset work. And then I'm in the room with them and they're like talking about 
things that I've already moved past, you know, a part of me is like, oh, just shrink, Lindsay. Just shrink. Just like play the game. Just like, you know, pretend that you you still care about how you look and all that. And, and you're still in the drama of whatever the drama they're in. And I have to catch myself and really be like, no, I'm not doing that anymore. Okay. So just catch yourself if you're doing that. If you're thinking, acting, or being more like a man, that can be a woman's pattern. So it's a really tricky situation here because sometimes we're just presented with the way things are in life. Like, for example, work and the working world. And we've just seen for so long how men work. And they have a really great system for them. And it works. And they've, in essence, built a lot of the corporate world and a lot of different entities. And so as women, we're stepping into these different entities and roles. And it's a masculine influence most times. And so we're having to ask ourselves of how do we fit in here? And sometimes we don't even know like what's us and what's not us because it's just been so ingrained in us from a very young age of this is just how the world works. And it's not until we really strip away those layers of like, man, yeah, I don't really want to wear this thing or I don't really want to present myself in this way because that's just not who I am. I just felt like I needed to do that in order to look more professional or be taken more seriously. Like I did a post on this in social media a couple months ago where you can see these photos of the progression of my business. Like at the very first photo shoot I had, I was in a button down and a blazer and granted my hair was curled, but I looked very like more masculine. And in the most recent photo shoot I've had, I was in a really flowy dress on a bridge and I was dancing. And I talked about, I was like, as I've grown in my business, I've stripped away some of these layers that I have to be more masculine to be successful in my business. And it's been so eye-opening because I would have never thought before of like, oh, that's not really me. Because again, it just felt like such a part of me because that's just how I thought I was because it's just been so ingrained in me. Another woman's pattern is not trusting your intuition. So as women... We are very intuitive. It's one of the gifts that we have. Now, not all women have this. I'm generalizing here. But especially if you have taken the Myers-Briggs assessment and you have N as one of your letters. So you get four letters in that assessment. It's either E or I, N or S, F or T, and F or J. And so a lot of women end up in the N bucket, especially the women that I work with. And I'm an N as well. And so that means we're intuitive. Okay. Even if you don't have an in, it doesn't matter. You're still an intuitive being, right? It's part of our feminine power is what I've learned over the years. <laughs> That's a whole nother topic. But trusting your intuition is so important. And this is what I'm working on with my clients all the time. It's like, trust yourself, trust yourself, trust yourself. And what I'm doing is I'm showing them data from past decisions as we're working together in current decisions of, yeah, granted, we coached through all these things, but you knew from the start where you wanted to go trust it. And we're building that muscle. And it kills me when I see women who are not trusting their intuition. Because again, that's a superpower. But because in our society, we've looked at logic and fact and analytics as the way to go. When you come in the room and you're like, okay, well, why are we making this decision? You know, Lindsay, if I'm like leading the meeting, and I'd be like, I don't know, I don't have the data. It's just it just feels right. This is what my intuition is telling me. People would be like, what? 
we're just going to move forward based on your intuition with no data. This is stupid. This is wrong. This is bad, right? And granted, it may be in some ways. I'm not saying it's all good or all bad here, but it would be seen as crazy in a lot of circles. But many times we know where we need to go. You know, so many people who have been massively successful you know, you ask them, what has been your secret to success? And they're like, I just trusted myself. I trust my intuition. I feel like in my own life, with my success story, um, and I talk about this in my bonus episode of my five best and worst decisions in essence, my five best decisions were when I trusted myself the most. And that's what led me on this path to having the business I have today and the life that I have today. Because I knew deep down what was right for me, but I let other people talk me out of that all the time. And once I started to trust that intuition, woo, man, did life start to feel a lot better. And I started to encounter a lot less problems. All right. Another woman's pattern, and this is one I've been working on a lot in my life, is not honoring your cycle. Okay. So I've been reading a book called Period Power. I think her name is Maisie Hill who wrote it. And um, I hope to have her on the show one day. The book is is powerful. I'm having to read it in doses of just a couple pages and then integrate it because it's blowing my damn mind. But Maisie's talking about your cycle. And of course, I've heard this stuff from other people, but Maisie's book just really has hit it home for me in a way that allowed me to understand of, you know, every month we have a spring week and a summer week and then a fall week and a winter week. And during our fall week and our winter week, and our winter week is when we have our period and our fall weeks leading up to our period. We just don't have as much energy. And yet in our society, it's built around the patriarchy, right? Of go, 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 do, 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 because men don't have a cycle as much. And so we're kind of led to this standard of go, 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 do, 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 do. Whereas women, in essence, our perfect world would be where we work more in our summer, in our spring, and then we start to fade off a little bit in our fall. And then our winter, you know, we take a couple days off. And we're really just shedding and, you know, on our periods. And so granted, that may not be where you want to go, but just being aware of your cycle and how your cycle impacts you is huge. It has been so huge. And I'm just doing this a couple months now and really seeing how my cycle impacts me. It's just allowed me to shed a whole new layer of of beliefs that I need to let go of. Another woman's pattern is not feeling creative or relaxed. So if you're just uptight all of the time, because again, we're in a patriarchy where it's like, don't trust your intuition. Don't be creative. Let's look at facts and logic. And two, you're in the space, in essence, of this world that's built for men. And so you can't be relaxed and be yourself because you're not a man, right? And so you're kind of walking on pins and needles a lot of time, especially if we look at the cycle piece of, I have to keep up. I have to keep going. I have to make this work. And, and, and I, I have to keep everything on my plate, right? Because we typically have more things on our plate than men do. Again, generally speaking, but typically that's the case. And so we're go, 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 go. And then, of course, when we're burnt out, we're not going to be creative and relaxed. We've just got to be on this, you know, forward driving machine in essence of go, 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 go. And almost it's like we can't be relaxed because we can't be found out. We can't be found out that I'm more tired than I want to admit. We can't be found out that I'm trusting my intuition instead of looking at logic. I can't be found out that it's really hard for me to, you know, keep up with everything that's going on. Crazy, right? Another woman's pattern is not living in pleasure. 
So if you're not doing things that are in touch with your desires, like I talked about earlier, you're not living in some sort of pleasure or just being able to take in the pleasures of life. You know, I'm just briefly working with a sex coach, and this is just from seeing her free stuff when I'm saying working with her. And she is really talking about a lot of that sex is really just about pleasure. It's not about getting to the orgasm. It's not about actually doing the act of sex. It's being able to soak in pleasure. And as women, that can be really hard for us because we have been really indoctrined again in this world of, you know, women need to be responsible. It's all on their plate and a women pleasure. Oh my gosh, what is that about? And I'm not even talking about sexual pleasure of just like a woman, you know, loving her body and doing things that feel good to her and moving in the way that she wants to move and dressing the way she wants to dress and being who she wants to be. And not just being, you know, like this, um, this side piece, in essence, to a man who has to, like, pick up all his pieces and take care of the home and take care of all his emotional needs and all of that, right? That's how we've been kind of taught. And, and so then pleasure gets on the back burner. Even if we do look at sex, I mean, do men tend to really focus in on how am I going to pleasure women? No, it tends to be very self-focused. Again, I'm generalizing here. But it tends to be me, 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 me. What can you do for me? And and let's face it, the parts that they're given, it's easier for them to have pleasure with a penis. It's just very direct and easy and open of like, this is what I do and I feel good. With a woman, there's more involved there. You know, for so many men, they're like, I never knew about this thing called the clitoris. I didn't know that. I mean, I didn't know that for a long time. Like I had to figure that shit out. It's not like we're taught this stuff, right? And so again, as well, we don't know how to live in pleasure, sexual and beyond. Another woman's pattern is feeling and being worth less than a man. So this is perpetuated in our society because women are currently paid less than men, generally speaking. And so we tend to have these beliefs of like, we're not as worthy as a man. We're not worth as much. Another woman's pattern is choosing realism over your dreams. Okay. So that is something that's highly taught in our society of like, be realistic, you know, again, sex and data and all the things. And so that's realistic. But if we're touching, trusting our intuition and living in desire and pleasure and being in dreams, oh my, that's just too much. And so then what do we do? We, we, we diminish ourselves. We shrink ourselves and we're moderately, if not heavily unhappy because we're just choosing realism over what we want. The last two I want to talk about women's patterns is competition and comparison with other women. If you find yourself doing that a lot, there are some women's beliefs to clean up. And finally, the last women's pattern is not speaking up. So if you are not speaking your truth and you are not able to confidently speak your truth, there are some women's beliefs to clean up, my friend. All right, so hopefully you have a list now of some women's patterns that you are doing. I know for some clients are like, Lindsay, I have every single woman's pattern that you have listed on there and it can feel very defeating. And I'm like, listen, girl, I was there too. All right, I'm still working through some of these. It's a lot. We are handed a lot of crap. (laughs) And I know that's a thought, but damn, some days it just feels like a lot, right? But we're gonna get through this. We're gonna work through them. I promise you, as you work through one, you're going to see the benefit of it and it's going to inspire you to keep working through others. All right. So just keep the hope alive that it's going 
you're going to break through all of this stuff. All right. So find my slide now of how are we going to then find the beliefs behind these patterns? Okay. So what I want you to do is just start to think about what are the beliefs I have that are leading me to these patterns? All right. So let's just do an example together. If you are not trusting your intuition, for example. What are the beliefs you have to allow you to not trust your intuition? I gave you some examples earlier of, you know, intuition isn't respected. Logic is better than intuition. Intuition is silly. I can't trust my intuition. It's been wrong in the past. Those kinds of thoughts bring those to the surface because those are the thoughts that are leading you to the result that you have of this women's pattern. Okay. So just start to look at those and bring those forth. Now, if you know the tool of the model, which I've taught in many episodes, I always link it back to the solve any problem episode. If you don't know the model, go to that one and it'll teach you that. But then you need to start to think, what can I shift this to? Okay. So if you want to trust your intuition more, what thoughts do you need to think to get the result to trust your intuition more? So it may be just as simple as I trust my intuition. I trust my intuition. I trust my intuition. And think of something that's just out of your comfort zone that you can believe, but that's, you know, hugely out of your comfort zone. And you'll know if you write something down that's a new belief and you feel like, oh, this feels like makes me want to throw up or I just can't believe this. You've gone too far. Again, you want to believe that you're like, hmm, I can sort of believe this a little bit. Now, if it's something that you've written down here of like, I can't trust my intuition. My intuition has been wrong in the past, for example. And you're like, Lindsay, I can't even get on board with even thinking about trusting my intuition in any sort of any way. That means there's deeper healing work to do. And that is a huge sign that you need to hire me as your coach or somebody else to do that feeling, dealing, and healing work to you know, then be able to shift your thoughts. Sometimes it's just a very easy thought. You can just shift it really easily of, whoa, okay, I don't think I can trust my intuition. That's silly. Let's change that. And then intentionally going in and every day start to tell yourself the new thought you want to think. Now, again, you may have many women's patterns that you're taking away from today and you may want to go and tackle all of them at one time. I encourage you not to do that. Pick one, maybe two, and start working on those. And then once you feel like, okay, I've made progress on this, you can then decide, okay, I'm going to make more progress on it, or you can add in other ones. Like I said, for me, I've really worked on many of these patterns over the years, but the honoring your cycle one is one I'm just getting started on. So I'm still in my own growth with this, right? And it's going to be a journey for you. And that's okay. And it's a beautiful journey. And hopefully then you're going to go on this journey of, not having these women's beliefs anymore with these women's patterns. And you're going to usher in other women who are going to be like, whoa, how did you overcome that? How did you do that? And you're going to say, this is what I did. And you're going to be able to help other women be able to let go of these patterns. Because we're all in this together, my friend. We've all got to do this as women and really just like let this shit go so we can all stand. I always tell my anti-racism coach, I'm like, I want to be where all women are standing on third base. We've got black, white, Asian, you know, Hispanic, all the things. I want all my ladies right next to me on third base. We're all in this together. We've all busted through all these patterns. And we're like, damn, we did it. 
And our girls that are coming up behind us don't have to do the work that we did today. I mean, it's just going to, for me, it just makes me so motivated to go in and do this work. If I just look in my very small realm of my own world of like, I'm going to do this work so I can help my daughter through this work. Because I don't want to have to have her go through these patterns. I want to do the mental work so then I can help guide her through that. Okay. But then too, if you want to just look at it selfishly, it's great to work through these patterns. You're going to feel so much better. Life is going to feel better. You're going to get your goals with more ease. This is why I always say, you know, I help women accomplish their dreams while feeling better than ever because we go and we bust through some of this stuff. All right. So I hope you gained a lot from this episode today. I loved recording it for you. And make sure to go leave a review for the show on your podcast player or on my Facebook page. You can get that, that podcast book. But otherwise, I'll see you in the next episode, my friends. Bye. Hey there, Miss Unstoppable. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. Send them a picture of this episode via text, via email, share it on social media. I'm sure they would be so appreciative to know these strategies and tips on how to accomplish your dreams. If you are ready to guarantee you're going to accomplish your goals and dreams, then it's time to start coaching with me. In my nine-month simple success coaching system, I am going to walk you every single step of the way to ensure that you get the goals and dreams that you want. The first step is to apply for a free 60-minute consult call. Just go to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash apply to get started. As always, my friend, remember... You're only as unstoppable as you believe you can be. So believe in yourself. You got this.